Hello, this is Gary Van Wormerdam, and this is the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com. This podcast is about how we easily believe lies, or a little snippet from a talk I gave about how our mind works, how we create the chatter and stories in our head that we do, the the good, the bad, the ugly of that, a little insight on that. Um... And it might be helpful to consider that, you know, our mind has multiple facets in how it tells stories, describes things, how it has different operating mechanisms in a way to handle different situations. I mean, a simple way is it doing things naturally, like taking care of our breathing and our heartbeat in our, uh, from directions from our brain. Uh, it has a fight or flight response for certain situations. Um, it has a protective function. Uh, predictive function about what's going to happen if. And in this lesson, I talk about a bit about our brain that our mind, where the line is, it's a little tough to tell, uh, where we develop this analytical part called uh, our reason, and then how it distorts what it tells us. Um, get a better idea of this, you might pick up a reading material by Daniel Kahneman or Kahneman. K-A-H-N-E-M-A-N, his book, Thinking Fast and Slow. He's a Nobel Prize winner in economics and lots of his research over decades about how we make decisions. And he's observed different parts of our brain do different, have different mechanisms for calculating an answer. Uh, it's interesting. He calls them agent one and agent two. When I talk about different parts of our mind, I call them characters. And uh, they they report to us or give us an answer in different ways uh, or assess a situation in different ways. So, tad useful on becoming more aware of how your own mind works. Uh, if you want to dig deeper into this, you can take my online course, which is the self-mastery course at my website, Pathway to Happiness. And it's a step-by-step process via audio and and some exercises in how to dismantle the the distorted beliefs we've created over our life and the emotional reactions they create. You can also find a lot of that content in my book, MindWorks, available online. So here's the talk. So I think a little about the mind and why... It becomes the troublemaker that it does. So we're sitting out on the porch and the question was like, does everything happen for a reason? And so that I make sure I understand the question and that I can answer it, I ask him, what do you mean by a reason? Was it supposed to happen? Well, by what? Version of supposed to. Somebody has something is written a script is supposed to, and everything happens is supposed to, then everything that happens is supposed to. Has a purpose. It's a cause of something else. Difficult to say what that word reason is. But he said because his friend believes Everything happens for a reason, and they just, whatever happens, oh, it's for a reason. 
a reason. Like, whose reason? What I see it as is a, a really good way for the mind to give an explanation why. Or an, or an explanation for the question why. Because from the time we were about two, we started to develop in our, in our brain, our mind, our cognition, what, what I've called, what my mentor Miguel called the reason. That a certain part of the brain has a certain, or a certain part of the mind has a certain function to explain kind of our relationship to the world. Oh, if I do this, this will happen. This is what I am. This is what you are to me. Okay, you're my friend. You're my dad. You're my son. I'm your son. I'm in this house. Oh, this is my location in the world. This is also why am I here? Why am I in this body? Why is the sky blue? You've had children, you know that question comes around at age two and goes on for a while. And this is a mind realizing it has this world outside and trying to build uh, a dialogue of story, a dialogue of narratives to define the relationship. Does this make sense? This starts developing into, and it doesn't stop for a very long time until you really work at it in a conscious way. And it's what forms a lot of the explanations in our mind and a lot of our chatter. Because then, well, it starts to distort our relationship with the world. Because here's the thing about the reason, the thing, that part of the mind explaining our story and putting ourselves in a story of the world and relationship to the world and other people. It does not care if it gets it right. right. If you find a... It's worth repeating. It does, not, it does not care if it gets it right. It does not care if it gets the truth. If you have a little kid... And you go, why is the sky blue? Uh, okay, because that's the color God had in his paint bucket that day. The child goes, okay. And you can watch the tension go out of its body. Oh, okay. And when it doesn't have an answer, it's like, I need to know, I need to know, I need to know. The tension builds. Why is that? What's going on? Why is that? And you give it an answer. Oh, the grass is green because that's the color God added his paint bucket that day. And he goes, oh, okay. True? The part of the mind wants some kind of input. And now it has a story that, oh, God painted it that and that's the only color he had. Okay. How does Santa Claus get in the house? He comes down the chimney. Even if we have a fire? Yes. 
okay. <laughs> but isn't Santa Claus really fat and the chimney's really skinny? He's like, well, he shrinks down again. Okay. Do you see the gullibility of that part of the mind? Now, when it has an answer, even the wrong answer, there is such a satisfaction because there's no longer the tension of not knowing. Not knowing for the reason is an uncomfortable state. It doesn't have a story of this relationship, one thing connecting to another. And when it doesn't know, it goes into tension. And when it gets an answer, it goes, it relaxes. The mistake we make is that when we get an answer, we take that feeling of, oh, I got an answer, as it meaning it's truthful because it feels good. It's like, oh, it feels like such a resolution. I understand now. God, Santa Claus shrinks down to get down to the chimney. Okay, oh, what a relief. Now I see. It feels good to the reason and the tension in your body to have the wrong answer because it's an answer. And you now have completed the story. You have an explanation for what happened and why. That's how the presence got there. You see what happens to kids when you don't answer their question when they're two? Do they go into bigger and bigger tension? Adults can do the same thing. But I need to know. It's building an understanding. And when it's out of balance, it wants to rebalance. Um, out of balance meaning it doesn't have an answer? Yeah. When it doesn't have an answer, it wants an answer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it seems like a force. Like there's a force. Yes, there's a force to it. It's alive. Like everything in our being, it's alive. It's just one part of our mind. Now, it's very important that we have a reason. If you... When you dream at night, there's none of that structure of our relationship to the dream. It's, it doesn't have a logical connection and understanding. Our reason is something, in a way, how the mind works. It's able to timeline and tell us, oh, we're in daytime real life. And I can place this day after yesterday. This is the relationship today of today is that it's happening after yesterday. And yesterday happened after a month ago. And I can see a year ago because it's ordering things in sequence. You don't have that in a dream. There's no time. It's not trying to hold things. What is my relationship? Where does this fit into time? not placing things geographically. It's not placing things in time. We don't ask the question in a dream, why is this here? Not too often. If you're lucid, maybe, then the reason's awake going, oh, I see what's going on. It's a dream. I see my relationship to what I'm seeing. Ah, it's like that part of, in lucid dreaming, that part of the, the mind becomes active. And go, oh, 
I rec I've recognized this as a dream. My relationship to the, to the dream is this. If you, if you lose your reason, it's not functioning correctly or well enough, you cease to be able to tell what's going on in the outside world versus just what's happening in your mind. Dementia. Someone who's, who's not able to recognize what's in the world versus what's in their mind, is that their reason's not making the connection of where I am in the world. So having a reason is really important. You all have them. By the fact that you showed up in this room basically on time, it tells me you're ordering things. Your reason's putting things in order. That's helpful. And there's, and there's explanations that are then distortions. The story I told earlier today, the woman pulling the petals off the daisy. She loves me, she loves me not. Girl, little girl thinking about her mother. She loves me not. Oh. This is not my relationship to my mother. She doesn't love me. And that's the story. That's the explanation she gives herself. Okay? As if this little, she loves me, she loves me not little story is the truth. Now she knows, and so part of her reason goes, oh, I know my mother doesn't love me. And there's like a solidness in understanding that the reason feels convinced of, certain of, and yet it comes with a lie, my mother doesn't love me. But the reason feels good. I have an answer. I know if she loves me or not. My curiosity is over. Do you see... The lie comes parallel with a good feeling of the reason being satisfied of having its question and curiosity answered. This is a way lies sneak in with a good feeling of reason being satisfied because it has an answer. Little Kids, mom or dad gets upset. Why did they yell at me? Oh, it was something I did. They don't love me. That's why. Why did they do that? And the reason at that age, after a while, starts to give its own answers. Oh, because of me. Because of something I did. They don't love me. For whatever mom or dad's doing about the day, oh, it's because I'm not lovable. And the reason goes, there's an answer, I take it. It doesn't screen it for truth. It doesn't screen it for evidence. It doesn't ask a question of anybody else. It just says, I know. I've made this explanation to myself. I know. That's what it is. We see our partner do something or not do something. And we go, oh, he's feeling that or she's feeling that or that's what's going on with her. And now we say we know our partner really well. We feel solid in how well we know our partner because we've explained the story of what they did. Now, is that why they did what they did? No. We didn't ask a question. 
But of course, we don't feel the need to because we already have that need to know satisfied with our own story. This is how lives are made. We need to know. We need an explanation. We accept anyone, even if it's not the truth. And we feel good accepting lies because our reason is satisfied. Is this clear? Neat little system, huh? Tidy. Tidy. So, comes to the original question on the porch. Does everything happen for a reason? When I hear that question, I hear the reason wanting to know. I hear the reason saying, everything in life, the universe, all of it, let's put it into a simple sentence, all happens for a reason. What that reason is, we have no idea. But it happens for a reason, and for that I feel okay. Like that is as incomplete an answer as there ever was. Oh, I've just explained the existence of the universe. It happened for a reason. <laughs> but if you don't look closer, you just go, oh, it happens for a reason. I feel good. That feels, the reason satisfied. That answer, oh, that feels good to me. That feels good. That, oh, that must be the truth. Because a part of my body relaxed. I was like, ah. And now you have an answer for everything happening in the world. And it's a beautiful thing. It's not wrong or bad. But what I'm, what I'm sharing this is to have a conscious awareness of this is the mind. This is the mind. And this is the mind building little boxes of explanation, justification. Without pursuing the truth, without being honest, is this really true? It really happened because of this, the reason I said it did. Because you can also then, when you have that kind of boxes, you built the box like, oh, I'm undeserving. I don't deserve love. I got a ready-made box. Why don't I feel it? Oh, I don't deserve it. Like, no, maybe you have a belief that's interfering. And now you're not looking for the belief because you already have this answer. You stop looking for a truth. You accepted a lie, so you stop looking for a truth. And so this is how the judge and victim voices and narratives distort with their boxes of beliefs, finding the truth. I don't deserve it. It's not meant to be. You know, I'm depressed. I'll just probably always be depressed. Oh, it's chemical imbalance. Well, maybe not. Maybe it's nutrition and allergy. Client of mine, she had a, been talking about it. She used to have a really bad bouts of depression. She found a food allergy. 80% gone. 
I don't know. And then things happen in life and we can rationalize them, make reasonable stories about why they happened, explain them to ourselves as it was karma. Okay, it was meant to be, it's God's will. And it's helpful to allow ourselves to feel better and let go of that tension in the mind, the confusion of not knowing, not having an explanation. But why a child is abused or sexually abused or beaten or kidnapped or why these horrific things happen, it's not karma. Yeah, there's things going on in the world. It's not that they deserve it. It's not these things, okay? It's life, but under the term umbrella of life, there's lots of lots of things going on within individual people that they do things they, they do. There's a lot under this umbrella as to why people do what they do. Some of it's individual, some of it's cultural. Some of it is archetype dreams of energy, emotion. And then there's stuff that's in the realm of what we don't know. Like the simplest things, I don't know. I don't know why my heart beats. I don't. And I can, I can have some cardiologist tell me a story of like, okay, there's a certain electrical signal and it goes to here and it engages this muscle. I'm like, okay, but why is that electrical signal there? Why is that part of the brain telling the nervous system to send that little electrical signal? Yeah. Why is this whole thing with a trillion cells doing what it's doing and giving life to all the bacteria in here as well? I don't know. The magical amazingness, mystery of this, I don't know that I will ever know with my logical mind, with my reasoning mind. My reasoning mind looks for a relationship from like cause and effect, from this item to that item. What is my relationship with Greg, with Caitlin? Oh, that light from the candle is coming out to the room and I can see the light. Like, oh, that's my relationship to light. Like, it's basic one plus one equals two kind of math is its explanation. It's not going to calculate these trillion cells working together all at the same time. Overload, my calculator doesn't do that many digits. My reasoning calculator does not do that many digits. How a trillion cells work together at once. But the reason is still trying to 
answer that question, right? The reasons go, how is that? Why is that? And this is where I have to tell people, okay, your reasoning mind's going to want to know some things. Recognize that it's doing that. And recognizing that it's not going to get. At a certain point, it's not going to work. It's really good at getting you to class on time and keeping the order of the days intact. And that you need to be at the airport two hours before your international flight. That's your relationship to the airport, to your van ride, to your alarm clock. Okay, It's organizing things that way. When you want to know why somebody committed suicide, why a relationship worked out, why someone dies, I don't think it goes that simple. I don't think it's going to come down to a one sentence. I see the temptation for it and the comforting feeling when you have a story that you know. The reason's comforted. But the mystery of life is lost. The openness to possibility, the bigger picture of truth is lost. And maybe you won't know the truth of some of those things. But maybe we don't need to know. The reason would like to. And here's a clue. The reason will say, I need to know. Your consciousness can go, no you don't. I can see the wanting to know, and I can see the uncomfortableness of the reason part of the mind without knowing an answer. Oh, why did they do that? Why didn't they do this instead? Oh, it must have been because that was it. I bet they did it for that. Okay. We've explained somebody else's behavior. We don't know what went on in their mind, emotions, or is their personal history. <laughs> but with our little one-liner... We fill it all in. So you can recognize as you're conscious that the reason wants to fill in the story. And it's going to want to rebuild old stories. But as conscious, in a consciousness point of view, you can recognize, oh, there's a reason. Ah, it doesn't know, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable not knowing. And you can feel that little tension in your body. You go, okay, well, I can release this tension, this tension in my body. And you can watch that little part of your mind and you go, it's okay not to know. It's okay not to know. It almost needs to be comforted like that little child that's a two-year-old. It's like, it's okay not to know. So there becomes a point when you want to relax and be still that you have to detach from your reasoning mind's wanting to know everything. And go, okay, it's there. It's going to be agitated that I'm not giving it an answer. I'm not believing what it says. I'm going to relax. One of the exercises I give my clients at this point, it's like, okay, don't justify anything that happens. Somebody does something, you might find yourself, oh, they did that, they probably did that because of this. 
So, no. Let's not believe that explanation. And then I tell them, I then watch your mind throw out another reason for it. And dismiss that one. Go, oh, well, if they didn't do it for that, oh, they probably did it for this reason. I said, and dismiss that one. And your mind will come up with a third. And your mind will keep throwing things out there. And each time it'll be just absolutely certain it's that one. But it was also equally certain of reason number four, three, two, and one. It was like, wow, it was absolutely certain of each of those reasons. Until I said no, and then it came up to, with another one, totally different that it was certain about. And you're like, wow, that thing doesn't care at all. It does not care at all whether it gets it right. But when we accept what it says, we feel good because we have an answer. We get a good feeling because it's not intention. And we solidify this often an unnecessary justification. And we've built another agreement and put our faith in it because we've accepted it as true. And we've given up personal power. And now we have another belief that's going to feed us more thoughts. Okay? So in the journey to a quiet mind, at a certain stage you have to recognize what the reason is doing. Be conscious to it. And almost treat it like a little kid. Okay, I know you want to know. It's okay not to know. Give it some soothing talk so it calms down. Go, we're not going to know this one. I don't know why there's so many galaxies. I marvel at it. It's cool. I don't know how these trillion cells work together. I share this so you have a path towards greater peace and calmness in your mind. But one of the roadblocks along the way, one of the, ag one of the agitators is this reason. And you've seen corrupt versions of it in terms of the judge giving explanations and criticisms, the victim giving excuses, justifications. Those are distorted explanations of the reason that grow over time. That's why it does what it does. That's why they're there. They're built on something that's helpful to you to function the world. But the distortions and lies create problems. So I share this because going forward, keeping your mind clean, I think it might be helpful. Hello again, this is Gary Van Warmerdam from PathwayToHappiness.com. Hope you found that nugget, just a small nugget about this little part of the mind that becomes very dominant and is possibly creating a lot of chatter in our head unnecessarily, telling us things we don't need to know or incorrect things and justifying things. Something that you will have to work through if you want to move towards having a quiet, peaceful mind. For more on how to do that and specific practical steps, you can check out my book, MindWorks, available at online retailers, or my online course in self-mastery at pathwaytohappiness.com. That 
course has the first few sessions free, so you can try out those exercises and see if they make sense to you, if they're compatible with what you want to do. This is Gary Van Warmerdam, and this has been the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast. Hope you have a great day.